Chapter 19 of the History of Burke and Hare and of the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones, Bonita Springs, Florida. The History of Burke and Hare by George McGregor. Chapter 19 burke and mcdougall amend their account of the murder the prosecution in a difficulty hare turns king's evidence the indictment against burke and mcdougall while these events were transpiring outside the authorities were laboring anxiously in the preparation of the case against the accused parties this was no easy matter it was beset with technical difficulties which it was not likely the public in its then excited and unreasoning state would take into its consideration and the crown officials sought if possible to avoid any miscarriage of justice on the tenth of november burke was again examined in private before the sheriff tate and emitted a second declaration his statement of a week before having been read over to him he declared it to be incorrect in several particulars he then proceeded to point out that the events he had previously described as having taken place on the saturday really took place on the friday as to what occurred on the evening he was however a little more truthful even at the expense of absolutely contradicting himself in the evening they had some dram drinking because it was halloween and pretty late in the night he and Hare differed and rose to fight. When they were separated by MacDougall and Mrs. Hare, they sat down by the fire together to have another dram, and then they missed Mary Dougherty. They asked the two women what had become of her, but they did not know. Burke and Hare searched for her through the house. They looked among the straw of the shakedown bed on the floor, at the bottom of the standing bed, thinking she might have crept there during the struggle, and then they found her among the straw lying against the wall partly on her back and partly on her side her face was turned up and there was something of the nature of vomiting but not bloody coming from her mouth after waiting for a few minutes they concluded though the body was warm that the woman was dead mcdougall and hare's wife immediately left the house without saying anything and burke supposed they did this because they did not wish to see the dead body after a while the men stripped the corpse and laid it among the straw and it was then proposed that it should be sold to the surgeons the rest of the declaration was taken up with an account of what actually took place on the saturday for burke having furnished an account of how the woman met her death seemed to think he was free after that to tell the truth as to the subsequent events he denied having caused dougherty's death and gave it as his opinion that she had been suffocated by lying herself down among the straw in a state of intoxication no violence he continued was done to the woman when she was in life but a good deal of force was necessary to get the body into the chest as it was stiff and in particular they had to bend the head forward and to one side which may have hurt the neck a little but he thinks that no force was used such as could have hurt any part of the back at all the one redeeming feature of the declaration is that burke stated that a young man named john brogan had no concern in the matter that brogan came into the house on saturday forenoon as he thinks while the body was in the house but did not know of its being there 
On the same day, the 10th of November, Helen MacDougall was subjected to a further examination by the sheriff. She adhered to her former declaration, and in answer to a question, she stated that between three and four o'clock on Friday afternoon, the old woman insisted on having salt to wash herself with, and became otherwise very troublesome, calling for tea different times. At last MacDougall told her she would not be tormented with her any longer, and thrust her out at the door by the shoulders, and she never saw her afterwards. These were the declarations, and although they were sufficiently contradictory in themselves, and were in many respects directly opposed to the stories told in the ones made on the 3rd of November, the Lord Advocate was still in a difficulty. There was, of course, the evidence of the Greys and of the neighbors, but it was entirely circumstantial, and might fail to convict. Hare, ever wily and cunning, as we have seen, at last saw how matters stood and responded to an offer to turn King's evidence on the condition of being given an assurance that his wife and himself would be safe from any prosecution. This was a way out of the difficulty which the Lord Advocate, after consideration, was glad to accept as the only one possible, and in the evening current of the twenty-ninth November was able to announce to the public that one of the parties implicated in the Westport murder have given such information as would lead to the apprehension of three or four other individuals. This, of course, was scarcely correct, but the observer put it right by stating that Hare had agreed to turn King's evidence. In this issue of the 6th of December, the current stated that Burke and MacDougall, his wife, she is called, had been committed for trial for the murder of Mrs. Campbell or Dougherty, daft jamie and mary patterson the matter in which the murders were committed says the enterprising journal has been described to us and some statements have been also communicated as to other individuals supposed to have shared a similar fate but as the whole will probably be laid before the public in the course of the trials that will take place we decline for the present to publish further particulars on the eighth of december two days later a citation was served on Burke and MacDougall, charging them to appear before the High Court of Justiciary to be held in Edinburgh on Wednesday, the 24th of December, at 10 o'clock forenoon, to underlie the law for the crime of murder. As the form and matter of the indictment are interesting in themselves, and as they give rise to a long and important discussion at the trial, it is proper that it should be quoted. Quote, William Burke and Helen MacDougall, both present prisoners in the toll booth of Edinburgh, you are both, and each of you, indicted and accused at the instance of Sir William Ray of St. Catherine's, Baronet, His Majesty's Advocate, for His Majesty's interest, that, albeit by the laws of this and every other well-governed realm, murder is a crime of an heinous nature and severely punishable, yet true it is, and of verity, that you, the said William Burke and Helen MacDougall, are both, and each, or one or other of you, guilty of said crime, actors or actor or art and part, in so far as on one or the other of the days between the seventh and the sixteenth days of April, 1828, or on one or other of the days of that month, or of March immediately preceding, or of May immediately following, within the house in Gibbs Close, Canongate, Edinburgh, then and now, or lately, in the occupation of Constantine Burke, 
then and now or lately scavenger in the employment of the edinburgh police establishment you the said william burke did wickedly and feloniously place or lay your body or person or part thereof over or upon the breast or person and face of mary patterson or mitchell then or recently before that time or formerly residing with isabel burnett or worthington then and now or lately residing in leith street in or near edinburgh when she the said mary patterson or mitchell was lying in the said house in a state of intoxication and did by the pressure thereof and by covering her mouth and her nose with your body or person and forcibly compressing her throat with your hands and forcibly keeping her down notwithstanding her resistance or in some or other way to the prosecutor unknown preventing her from breathing suffocate or strangle her and the part thereof or by some other means or violence the particulars of which are to the prosecutor unknown wickedly bereaved of life and murdered by you the said william burke and this you did with the wicked aforethought intent of disposing of or selling the body of the said mary patterson or mitchell when so murdered to a physician or surgeon or some person in the employment of a physician or surgeon as a subject for dissection or with some other wicked and felonious intent or purpose to the prosecutor unknown two further on one or other of the days between the fifth and twenty-sixth days of october eighteen twenty eight or on one or other of the days of that month or of september immediately preceding or of november immediately following within the house situated in tanner's close portsburg or wester portsburg in or near edinburgh then or now or lately in the occupation of william hare or hare then or now or lately laborer you the said william burke did wickedly and feloniously attack and assault james wilson commonly called or known by the name of daft jamie then or lately residing in the house of james downey then or now or lately residing in stephen law's close high street edinburgh and did leap or throw yourself upon him when the said james wilson was lying in the said house and he having sprung up you did struggle with him and did bring him to the ground and you did place or lay your body or person or part thereof over or upon the body or body and face of the said james wilson and did by the pressure thereof and by covering his mouth and nose with your person or body and forcibly keeping him down and compressing his mouth nose and throat notwithstanding every resistance on his part and thereby or in some other manner to the prosecutor unknown preventing him from breathing suffocate or strangle him and the said james wilson was thus by the said means or part thereof or by some other means or violence the particulars of which are to the prosecutor unknown wickedly bereaved of life and murdered by you the said william burke and this you did with the wicked aforethought intent quote, the intent specified in the same language as under the first minor charge close quote. three further on friday the thirty-first day of october eighteen twenty eight or on one or other of the days of that month or of september immediately preceding or of november immediately following within the house then or lately occupied by you and the said william burke situated in that street of portsburg or wester portsburg in or near edinburgh which runs from the grass market of edinburgh to main point 
in or near edinburgh and on the north side of the said street and having an access thereto by a trance or passage entering from the street last above libelled and having also an entrance from a court or back court on the north thereof the name of which is to the prosecutor unknown you the said william burke and helen mcdougall did both and each or one or other of you wickedly and feloniously place or lay your bodies or persons or part thereof on the body or person or part thereof of Maggie or marjorie or mary mcgonagall or duffy or campbell or doherty then or lately residing in the house of roderick stuart or stuart then and now or lately labourer and then and now or lately residing in the pleasance in or near edinburgh when she the said maggie or marjorie or mary mcgonagall or duffy or campbell or doherty was lying on the ground and did by the pressure thereof and by covering her mouth and the rest of her face with your bodies or persons or the body or person of one or other of you and by grasping her by the throat and keeping her mouth and nostrils shut with your hands in some other way to the prosecutor unknown preventing her from breathing suffocate or strangle her and the said maggie or marjorie or mary mcgonagall or duffy or campbell or doherty was thus by the said means or part thereof or by some other means or violence the particulars of which are to the prosecutor unknown wickedly bereaved of life and murdered by you and the said william burke and you and the said helen mcdougall or one or other of you and this you both and each or one or other of you did with the wicked aforethought intent here the intent is specified in the same language as under the first and second minor charges and you the said william burke having been taken before george tate esq sheriff substitute of the shire of edinburgh you did in his presence emit and subscribe five several declarations of the dates respectively following viz the third tenth nineteenth and twenty-ninth days of november and fourth day of december eighteen twenty eight and you the said helen mcdougall having been taken before the said sheriff substitute you did in his presence at edinburgh emit two several declarations one upon the third and another upon the tenth days of november eighteen twenty eight which declarations were each of them respectively subscribed in your presence by the said sheriff substitute you having declared you could not write which declarations having to be used in evidence against each of you by whom the same were respectively emitted as also the skirt of a gown as also a petticoat as also a snuff-box and a snuff-spoon a black coat a black waistcoat a pair of moleskin trousers and a cotton handkerchief or neckcloth to all of which sealed labels are now attached being to be used in evidence against you the said william burke as also the coarse linen sheet a coarse pillow-case a dark printed cotton gown a red striped bed-gown to which a sealed label is now attached as also a wooden box as also a plan entitled plan of houses in wester portsburg and places adjacent and bearing to be dated edinburgh twentieth november eighteen twenty eight and to be signed by james braidwood twenty two society being all to be used in evidence against both and each of you the said william burke helen mcdougall at your trial 
will for that purpose be in due time lodged in the hands of the clerk of the high court of justiciary before which you are to be tried that you may have an opportunity of seeing the same all of which or part thereof being found proven by the verdict of an assize or admitted by the respective judicial confessions of the said william burke and helen mcdougall before the lord justice general lord justice clerk and lords commissioners of justiciary you the said william burke and helen mcdougall ought to be punished with the pains of law to deter others from committing the like crimes in all time coming the list of witnesses attached to this very formidable document showed the names of fifty-five persons and there was also a list of forty-five persons called for the jury from the city of edinburgh town of leith and counties of edinburgh linlithgow and haddington End of chapter 19